Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time. Get into your word tonight. We're excited. We're ready for what you have to say. Let us have ears to hear, eyes to see. Give me an unction of your spirit. Sanctify me tonight, Lord. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give you an Israel update real quick, and then we're going to get into the scripture. But uh, the ground campaign that's been uh, stalled is because there's a second front called Hezbollah, and they're in the north. And the issue is if when Israel gets bogged down in the war, they don't want to get bogged down in the ground campaign because the ground campaign is going to be serious, and they're just about to go in. The thing is, though, is that um, there's a second front, and Iran is funding it, and the Hezbollah actually has a big force, much bigger, more rockets, more, more soldiers, more, more sophisticated than Hamas. So we need to really be praying because there's a lot in the balance right now in Israel. Uh, we have two carrier groups that are there now, several thousand U.S. troops um, that are ready to engage if necessary. Iran is blustering, but who knows with them because they're a little nutty. But they make a lot of uh, threats, and a lot of times it's not as what they say. They're, time's up. Time's up for what? You know, but it could be serious. So the problem is they were about to make this very amazing deal with Saudi Arabia, Israel. And that deal would have been a game changer. It would have been basically finishing what President Trump had set up. And so that was a very important thing. And here's why it's so important. Saudi Arabia is the holder of the petrodollar. The petrodollar is our system. We have lived under the petrodollar ever since Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard. And Kissinger went over there, and he, and he you know, created the petrodollar. And so that's how we've lived for our whole life, most of our lives, unless it was you know, before uh, Nixon. And then, of course, you had the dollar that was tradable with gold. So the U.S. dollar is still the global reserve, but the cracks are in the ceiling right now. And there's the BRICS nations, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and now many other countries in Africa that are aligning with the BRICS, and they're trying to give an alternative to the U.S. dollar. Now, the problem is, if that happened, and we lost the global reserve status, we don't make enough goods in the United States to sustain. We run a very massive trade deficit every year. We become what's known as a service economy. And so this is because our leaders, who have sold us out uh, all for decades now, have brought all the manufacturing out to China, Indonesia, all these other countries, and so we don't have the manufacturing base. How, how many of you guys remember when Detroit was just bustling and all the car companies? You know, now it's like a totally different city, you know, and, and they've recovered a little bit, but for a while it was a you know, disaster what happened there. And it was one of America's best cities back in the day. So uh, it's really sad to see what's happened. I, as I've traveled around the country, I've, I've been shocked to see how some of the American cities, the infrastructure in America has just deteriorated. Uh, how many of you have noticed just roads are bad, uh, bridges are bad? Now, I'll tell you, you, go to other countries, they got brand new roads, brand new bridges. It's pretty amazing. America's supposed to be the superpower of the world, right? So, so this is a real pivotal time in history right now because, uh, you know, the U.S. is trying to sustain what's going on in the proxy war in Ukraine, and now they have this issue with the Israel situation, which is a declared war by Israel, rightfully so. And uh, they, they were attacked savagely, very savagely. They have these towns called kibbutz, and they're like a self-sustaining town. And they have these settlements that were out right down there by the border. These guys came in, and they just ravaged these communities. I mean, imagine just being in your house, and all of a sudden terrorists with AK-47s and, you know, are coming in and, and just taking families hostage. They took 199 people hostage. Uh, many people have died. 
It was a very crazy, great, crazy situation. And, and initially, I was talking to some of my friends in Israel and stuff, and they were saying, at first, the, the global media is going to come to the defense of Israel, and they're going to say, oh, this was a horrible thing. But they said, watch, in about a week or two, they're going to turn on us. Well, they were exactly right. Because like clockwork, all of a sudden, people are talking about atrocities in Israel. And so Israel is the only army in the world that I know that literally says, hey, we're going to come in. You know, who says that? Who tells people they're going to come in ahead of time, you know? And so, uh, but you know, the Hamas people, they were actually keeping the people in, in that Gaza area from leaving some of them. And, and you, they use them as human shields. It's awful. And um, so, you know, I always tell people, look, if tomorrow Israel were to lay down its weapons, the, the desire of Hamas is to completely take out Israel. That's literally their stated goal. They're a terrorist organization. The, the, if, if, if Hamas were to lay down their weapons tomorrow, there would be peace. So one side has a stated goal of destroying and wiping out a people. And, you know, there was these uh, missionaries that we, I didn't know them personally, but, you know, people that I knew knew them. And they went over to Syria during the time of ISIS, right? And they got some misinformation somehow that America's just the bad guy. And I'm not saying America's always good, okay? But they said, oh, America, you know, they're, they're, what you're hearing is fake news. These people like us. And they, you know, so they go over there, and they, one of them gets beheaded. And the other ones were taken hostage and raped and all this awful stuff happened. You know, so if Americans were to go into Gaza right now, what do you think would happen to us? You know, these people don't like us. And I'm not racist or anything. We love all people. But the thing is, is the stated goal, Israel's the little Satan. America's the big Satan. And so this is a spiritual battle, and last week we got into it. I'm not going to get into it again tonight, but pray for this situation because it is one of the biggest situations of our lifetime. It could either, you know, be something where it kind of, you know, de-escalates, we pray, and then maybe later on it flares back up, or this could literally go into a much greater, wider conflict. And what's really happening is it's a battle for the world order right now. You know, it's a battle of control of who's going to really be running the world. And with the One Belt, One Road initiative of China, they've got a lot of people in on that. And they're building infrastructure. If you go into Brazil, who's in from Brazil here? Is China's in there, right? Have you guys seen, they're, they're, you know, the communists are coming in. Um, you know, they're, they're coming into Africa. They're, they're, China has its hands all over. And now they've come together with Russia. And don't get me started about getting into the end time prophecy of how everything is lining up. So we know the hour is late, yes, is. and we've got to just pray, and we can't get consumed by it, but we are watchmen on the wall, and we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We're praying. We know our, our government is not, uh, you know, just blameless in all this, and, you know, Israel's got some corrupt things that they do, but, you know, we've we got to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. There's still the covenant that the Abrahamic covenant is an unconditional covenant that was made, it says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And I wouldn't want to be on the other side of cursing Israel. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's going to bring curse on your life. It's going to bring, I mean, so it's, it's sad to see some of the people that are out there. I've had a lot of people reach out. Some people that I regularly go on their shows, and I love them. But in this issue, we're completely in disagreement. And because I have to stand by the word of God, you know. So people are reaching out, and they're saying, Pastor Todd, tell us about it. You know, so we're just explaining like we did. I did like four or five podcasts on it talked about the whole situation, replacement theology. So you can go back and listen on the podcast. We took a lot of time to put all those teachings together, and people are saying they're helping. So, uh, But we want to, as a church, we want to bless Israel, and we stand by the word of God. That's the most important thing, right? And so, amen? 
So I'm going to talk about the mystery of the body of Christ. This is a mystery of walking in the fullness of God. And we're going to read from Ephesians 3. If you want to turn there, Ephesians 3, 4 through 6. There's actually a mystery here. This is a big revelation that the Lord gave me the other day. Ephesians 3, 4 through 6. I'm going to read out the New King James. Say amen when you're there. It says, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of some, the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ through the gospel. We talked about how we're grafted into the vine, the new covenant, that we have the ability to now be a part of God's people and thank God for that, that through Yeshua, through Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed on Calvary, that we are now grafted into the vine. Thank you, Jesus. And he is the intercessor. He, he you know, connects us to a holy God. And Paul is talking about this revealed mystery to him by the Holy Spirit. It's a mystery of unification of believers from all nations into one body of Christ. And the unity is the very heart of our faith. In 1 Corinthians, you don't have to turn there, 1 Corinthians 12 12 through 13, Paul continues to emphasize this. He says, for as, one, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of the body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews, Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. We are the body of Christ. Now, here's the revelation, and this is just something that rocked me when I thought about this, but Jesus is the head of the church. How many know that? He is the head of the church. But who is the body of Christ? We are the body. And as I started thinking about us being the body of Christ, I said, are we representing the body well? Think about modern Christendom. Think about some of the things that we've done in the name of Jesus, you know, that have gone on. My mom mentioned some of it. But his desire for us is to be not only a unified body, but to stand for righteousness and purity and holiness and to represent him well. And by the way, this is something that's the mystery because what happened was Jesus was fully God and fully man. And he had a ministry here on earth. And when, we, when he ascended to be at the right hand of the Father, the scripture says that we're able to do even greater things then Jesus was able to do while he was, I mean, he could have do anything, but I'm just saying, he says, look, one, one's going to come in Acts chapter 2. It's going to come, and it's going to give you the authority, the spirit of the living God. It's not really an it, it's a him. But it's, he's going to come and give you the ability in Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit to set the captive free, to heal the sick, to heal the blind, to heal somebody with cancer. To, to, I mean, we've got to believe this. And so I'm stepping into a new season because the Lord has been, we've been really believing for healings. And as we believe that and we've walked in it, we've been seeing healings. And there are documented healings that have happened in the last couple years that uh, people have sent doctors, you know, that said, look, this was happening. Now it's, it, the cancer is gone. You know, there, there is people that have documented healings and I'm not taking any credit for this, but in places that we've been and others that we minister with, that we have seen actual healings take place that only could be a miracle of God. And so I've shared with you that God really called me to the carpet in the last season, and he said, Preacher, do you believe what you preach? And I said, Yes. 
He said, no, think about what I'm saying to you. Do, do you believe what you preach? I said, well, what do you mean? He said, you know, you can, you can heal the sick. Do you believe that? Do you believe that I can heal cancer? Do you believe that somebody who's, who's you know, lame can walk? Do you believe somebody that's, that's got an ailment can be healed? Do you believe this? And I had to think about it because that's a big statement. And he said, yes, because you know what? How could I not say yes? He saved a wretch like me. I was stabbed nine times, one in the heart. He spared my life. You know, it's kind of like one of my preacher friends said. He said, you don't have any excuses, Todd. <laughs> he said, God spared your life from a stab wound to the heart. you got to believe it, buddy. And he's right. He's right. And so we are stepping into a season of big faith and big miracles. As the world, see, the birth pains, we're in the, I believe we're in the birth pains. And I believe, just as we mentioned last week, the birth pains are increasing. And as they increase, they also increase in strength. And so this is why we as watchmen, I talk at walking in the Issachar anointing, understanding and discerning the times. As end time believers, as remnant believers, when we walk in that anointing, there is an urgency in our heart. We feel heaviness. When this happened with Israel, I'm going to tell you that first week, last week, my heart was heavy. I knew something had shifted because it did. I knew, in fact, um, for those of you that remember, this was about a year ago, but um, when, when, the, when the initial situation started with the Ukraine war, I knew it was going to be a proxy war. I knew that we were going to do exactly what we're doing because it feeds the military industrial complex, you know, and, and, it, and, it, and it feeds the globalist agenda. And so there's a lot more to it. Ukraine is a very corrupt country and they, they fill the coffers of corrupt people. You know that some of the weapons have actually made their way to Hamas from Ukraine. I wonder how that happened. You know, so this is happening because it's a corrupt network. And they, this country, Ukraine, there was something called the Orange Revolution, you can look this up, where they used to have different government in place and our government toppled their government and put a proxy government in there. And by the way, it's not a good government. But if you say that on Facebook, they'll take it down. So I better be careful here. I've gotten a check for that one before. That's when you know you're over the target, right? But this is what's happening. And so it's been happening and 300,000 plus people have died in this war, mostly men. Ukraine has been gutted of its men. It's a sad thing. In fact, I heard a story that there was a guy that was in the EU and Interpol actually got him from the EU and brought him back to Ukraine because he was supposed to be fighting in the war and he went into Europe. They're literally pulling these people. I mean, they, they, and so, you know, if we send over money and ammunition and all this stuff. And I actually had a prophetic dream about this. I really feel like it's an assignment of the enemy to suck up all our resources in these wars. It's weakening the stance of the United States, our military readiness. I was listening to a general. This is crazy. He was saying that, you know, only a decade ago, and those of you that served, how many of you served in here in the, in the military? Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. Okay, when Trump came in, like we're not, our military didn't have a lot of the things that it needed. Even though we got trillion dollar budgets, the budgets are crazy, but we have contractors here in America. So in China, they just own, the, they run the companies. So they don't have to worry about the unions and all that. In America, we have these contractors like Teledyne and Rocketdyne and, you know, uh, all these skunk works, Lockheed Martin, all these things. So they, they that, that F-35 program, and all, that was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster. These, these planes never worked correctly even though they're fifth generation they're great planes they've never there's always been i mean you could look back at all the problems that they've had it's a billion it's like a so they're not even going to continue that program they're already moving on to the next one but anyways why am i talking about this so the deal is is that our readiness we used to be able to fight two and a half wars at once 
That was the doctrine of the U.S. military policy. Now, we might not even be able to fight one war and win. So only 10 years ago, we could fight two wars in different places in the world and then even another smaller war and win them. Now, as they're running these models, they're saying, we don't even know if we could win one war. And what's happened with the policy of this current administration, it's brought Russia and China together, which was the absolute worst thing. Horrible. So we are the body of Christ. What do we do in this time? We've got to take authority in the spirit. We cannot grow weary or be discouraged or get overwhelmed, but we have to understand where we're at on the timeline. And I see some people, they get too political, and then they're over here in politics, and they forget the move of the Spirit. And then I see some people that are over here, and they're so spiritual, spiritual, but they don't understand what's going on in the world. So we got to be balanced here to be watchmen, but also know our authority. And so what do we do as the church? It's just like Pastor Rain was saying. We've got to be the church victorious. We've got to take back the territory and the supernatural. This whole thing is a spiritual battle. And so this is where the mystery comes in here is because this is going to be, let me read this again if you're still in Ephesians 3, 4 through 6, because you've got to get the depth of this. And I was going to preach this yesterday, but God didn't have me do it. And I really believe it's a now word. When you read this, you can perceive my insights into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Now think about that in the current situation in our world. One new man, Jew and Gentile, coming together for such a time as this. One body. Why is there 50 million denominations? Have you seen how I many I was studying denominations with that. I said, my gosh, I never thought there's, there's thousands and everybody thinks they're right, by the way. And, and you know, some, I was listening to somebody who was telling me the other day about one of these denominations that you got to get like a, a letter of reference in order to leave one church to go to another church in the same denomination. And if you don't get that, you can't go to the other church. That's crazy. Imagine if we did that. Well, praise God, I'm glad we don't do that, right? It's like a job. you got to have a recommendation from the pastor. And if you left on bad terms, I guess you can't go to church, right? <laughs> and so we were talking. We were having the conversation. I said, it doesn't sound like you guys make a lot of new disciples. They're like, no, people just transfer from church to church. Well, what good is that? We've got to be making disciples. This is the great commission from the Lord. Go and make disciples of the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's right there. This is what he wants us to do. And so I want this church and everybody that listens online, we've got to get a heart to be a soul winner. We've got to be soul winners. If we are not, the only reason why this country is still here with the border being invaded, 65,000 people in the country of special interest, that's an army. Military age men, Chinese nationals, terrorists in the country, 65,000 that they're admitting how many are there on the United Meeting? Cells in multiple cities. People are getting prophetic words. These are not yes. wacky prophets. These are people that are on prophets that are getting words and saying, we feel right now an urgency that we need to pray for the homeland. Amen. And we do. Because there is a wicked assignment of hell. But we can push that back and hold it off. Yeah. 
See, the Lord wants the church to rise up in this hour. And so the shift is, is that we can't be the, the lathadaisical, apathetic, complacent church that we've been for the last 30 years. That's why he's raising up a standard. He's raising up a warrior class believer that's willing to do what the Bible actually says to do. None of this is made up by me. I don't, you know, look, we're, we're talking about what the scripture says. It's literally right out of the Bible. And there wasn't denominations, by the way. I mean, I understand the purpose of denominations. I understand there's accountability structure, you know, different doctrines of men. I'm tired of arguing over the doctrinal differences. It's like 97% we agree on. We need to come together on the 97%. The body of Christ needs to come together in this hour. He's coming back for a church without spot nor wrinkle. If you want to argue about pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, that's, you know, first of all, it says don't argue over the scripture. It actually says that in the Bible. But secondly, it's like I always tell people, look, if it's pre-trib, I'm happy. That's the best case scenario. If it's not, I want to be ready. Okay, I don't want my mind to think that I'm going to be out of here and then I'm not. I want to be ready in case I do stay. But either way, I'm going to serve the Lord. Because sometimes people just want to hear what they want to hear. A lot of people want to hear what they want to hear. Turn your Bible to Matthew 25. Actually, it might be Matthew. Wait, hold on a second. Yeah, Matthew 25. I'm sorry, Matthew 24. I don't know why it was turned to 25. Matthew 24. And we're going to start in verse 3. This is read pretty often. It's quoted pretty often. But I want to read it in the context of the mystery that we're talking about here, of the understanding that we are the body. We are the body of Christ. If we understand that we are the body, he is the head, we are the body, how are we acting? How are we transacting? How are we, you know, uh, doing business and, and, and interacting with folks every day? If we are the body, think about the weight of that. We're the body of Christ. I mean, how do you explain it if you're the body of Christ, but you're gambling and, and drinking and partying and into pornography and all these wicked things that the devil wants everybody to do in this hour? How do we explain that when we're the body? Are we doing the body right? Are we taking care of the temple? This is where consecration and holiness and purity comes in. And the anointing, and I'm going to get into the anointing a little bit more, but let's read from here. The, signs, the, the title of this scripture said is the sign of the times in the end of the age. I'm reading out the New King James, it's verse 3, Matthew 24. He says, Now he sat on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Continuing on in verse 4, and Jesus answered them and said to them this. This is in the red letters. It says, take heed, this is Jesus speaking, that no one deceives you, for many have come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now I want to stop there for a minute. When the Ukraine war started, this is the verse the Lord gave me. He said, tell the folks one more round, the end is not yet. And I had a peace that came over me. And, you know, we've watched this play out. And even though it could have gotten a lot worse and there could have been a nuclear exchange or some type of tactical nuke been used. A lot of people have talked about Russia possibly using a tactical nuke. There's been a lot of stuff where we've sent over F-16s and all this armament. But yet Putin hasn't gone to that next level, thank God. And I'm not saying he's the good guy here. But I'm just saying it, it could have got hot. It, could, it still could go hot, by the way. 
But, but the deal is, is the Lord said, the end is not yet. One more round. So I had a peace that came over me because I knew in the spirit that God was saying, we have more time. Now, when this happened in Israel, there was an alarm bell that went off. And I'm not saying it's the end, but I know that we're closer now. And instead of saying one more round, he started saying, prepare the saints. I want that to sink in for a second. Prepare the saints. Why? Is it, is it now? No. I'm not saying it's now, but we have to start preparing our minds and our hearts to understand because there's a lot of people out there saying everything's about to get great and all these good things are going to happen and, you know, Trump's going to come. It's like the second coming of Jesus. You know, Trump's going to come back and it's all going to be good. There's a lot of people saying that and it sounds good, but I'm going to tell you, even if President Trump were to get back in, and there's some people that have built their whole ministry on this. They built their whole ministry on President Trump. That's, that's an idol. And I supported President Trump, but I'm just saying. You can't make, it's not about Trump, it's about Jesus. And I honestly, I've said this to the church before, I honestly believe the Lord allowed what happened to happen because people had made it an idol. And there shall be no other gods before him. We don't, look, we, we're active, we speak truth, we align with what's righteous, we stand for religious liberty and freedom, and we stand for the word of God, but we don't make any idol before God. And so let's just say he does come back. They could drop the economy on him right when he comes in and blame him. Even if he comes in, they still got to deal with the deep state, the military industrial complex, the cabal, whatever you want to call them, the people that are the puppet masters. He's going to have to deal with it even if he comes in. So that we can't put our faith and trust in him. We've got to be an equipped militant church. I'm not talking about doing stupid stuff. I'm talking about according to the scripture, armored up with the shield and the sword and understanding the word of God and prepared for the times that are about to come. Because when something big happens, and I'm going to tell you as a pastor, I wish it wasn't, but something big is going to happen. It's only a matter of time. There's going to be another event. And they don't like us to talk about this. Why do you think I'm censored on Facebook? They can't fact check it because what I'm saying is true. But what they do is they censor me. They take it down. Now what they do, they just take videos down. They don't even tell me why. They used to say, well, there's misinformation, disinformation. You said that. Now they don't even tell me. They just take it down. That's why we're building an app. But the mission is to build an underground railroad for the remnant, a community, like my wife talked about, that is going to stand with one another and understand and discern the times that we're in and know how to stand when it gets tough. Because we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So God is raising up a remnant in this hour. And he's preparing the saints. It doesn't mean the time is now. But let's continue on with this verse. See that you're not troubled. Starting verse 6 again. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginning of the sorrows. And then they will deliver you. Now, this is the part where it gets crazy. So I'm going to warn you ahead of time here, okay? Because there's wars and there's rumors of wars. The end is not yet. And there's pestilence and earthquakes and things that are starting to happen. You know, I mean, it's crazy, like, some of the stuff that's happening. If you really follow all the different data points, it's pretty amazing. You know, red heifers in Israel, rivers drying up, you know what I'm saying? Syria's on the, on the news now. I mean, these are prophetic signs. I'm not saying it's yet, but the places where they're going to happen, it's talking about them. We're, we're getting closer. But the end is not yet. But here's where it gets crazy. And they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you 
and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. They will betray one another and they will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Listen to this. This isn't me and Mario bloviating on a television show. Listen, we're, she we're sharing the truth. This is literally what the scripture says. And it is a hard thing to share because people hate you when you share this stuff. They get angry. I get hate letters. People say, oh, you're, you're this, you're that. You don't believe the prophets. I do believe the prophets, but I believe the real prophets. And the Bible's real. And if they go against the Bible, they're not real. So it says, and, and many will be offended and they'll betray one another and, and will hate one another. And then false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures until the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. Hear this. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all nations, all the world as a witness to the nations. And then the end will come. I want you to grasp this right now because we're seeing, I'd say about 75 to 80% of this right now. And, and if you go into opendoors.com or you start following some of these people, you'll see Christian persecution has been on the uptick steady for the last many, many years, and it keeps going up. In the United States and in the West, we've been extremely blessed. But even here, there's been persecution light. They're doing it through the corporations. They're doing, you see, the, in China, they have the social credit score system. Here, they do it through the corporations. That's why I'm censored on Facebook. So the government's like, well, you didn't do it. But when you have to live in, in, you know, there's only so many options. You know, you're banking people. I have friends that their bank accounts just closed. Sorry, we don't want to do business with you anymore. They got a radio show or something, and they don't like what they're saying. You get big, and all of a sudden, they're coming after you. So, yeah, we don't have the Chinese social credit score, but we have the corporatocracy. And that's the way that they've, they've chose to go through that direction here. And think about it. Then they use lawfare. What's lawfare? It's when they use... The, the legal system to keep you bound up, and I've been sued a couple of times because we have the radio show, and people don't understand. The more you say, the more they come after you. You talk about this stuff, they don't want people knowing about this stuff because you're over the target. This is the plan. I could start talking about Klaus Schwab. I could talk about Noah Harari, who's an absolute false prophet. Obama calls him a prophet. The guy is uh, very demonic, extremely demonic. And so, you know, the WEF, they have a plan. All these people have a plan. But God has a plan. And what we have to understand is where we fit into that plan. So as an end-time warrior, as a, as, a, as a remnant warrior, as we like to call you, as a person that understands and discerns the times, do we get fearful in this? No. Do we get overwhelmed? Do we lose sleep over it? No. We start declaring and decreeing, and we get the word from God. We get the strategy from heaven. And we say, Lord, what do we do? He's going to make a way. He's going to put protection over us. I'm telling you, I've seen people in some of the most dangerous places on earth. i got friends that right now are missionaries in Pakistan. Only a couple months ago, that country had a major breakdown in their society. And all of a sudden, they started going door to door for Christians. You know, you don't hear about the Coptics in Egypt or, or northern Syria or, the, or the, you know, the, the, all the different groups of, of, of Christian believers around the world that, that have been majorly persecuted. The Sudan, you know, the South Sudan, or, or right now, it's happening right now. And, the, and these, and you know, you got all these different terrorist groups and, 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 and these, these organizations that literally are hunting Christians. 
And it's happening in the world right now. In China, underground church. There's a, there's a state-run church that's totally powerless and doesn't preach the scripture. And then there's an underground church that's a spirit-filled church that's on fire for the Lord. And you know what? It's thriving, by the way. It's China's having a revival right now underground. Not literally underground, sometimes maybe, but it's, it's the underground church. And here in America, we've had it easy. And we, 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 we've gotten complacent and apathetic. And we don't want to believe that any, we have something called the normalcy bias. Nothing's ever going to change. America's this great country, and we're going to win every time. And let's go watch the Super Bowl. America, you know? <laughs> Meanwhile, you talk to a general. I talk to a few of them. I have a, a couple of friends. One of my friends is a three-star general. You would know who he is. You, you talk to them and you ask them what they think right now about our country and the readiness and the state of our military. One of them has a brother that runs a, a whole fleet in the U.S. And you ask him what he thinks. He'll tell you, bro, I don't even know if we're going to see an election. He says they could have the War Powers Act. All they got to do is get in a hot war with Russia or one of these countries. Now, I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to prepare We've got to prepare in a way that we know the authority. We, listen now, let's go back to what we talked about here. Let's go back to the mystery. The mystery is that what he's saying is, look, you can perceive this insight in Ephesians 3, uh, 4 through 6. Perceive my insight in the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as is now being revealed to his holy apostles and the prophets by the Spirit that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, you and me members of the same body and partakers of the promise of christ through the gospel now let's go back let's go back matthew 24 matthew 24 14 it says and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the nations in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come so the end is not yet but it's, it's, it, we, we can feel the birth pains increasing and the pain is getting more. And so when you see another event, don't, it's not over. But we are called as end time Christians to be operating in the authority. And the mystery is that we are, we are the body yeah. of Christ and he is the head. And think about what we're able to do. Now we've been walking around as church powerless for too long. Church powerless that doesn't believe that we can heal the sick. If the preacher don't believe it, how's it going to even happen? Come on. If we don't believe it as, as the people of God, when we're praying, listen, we got to believe it with all of our heart. Now, what God chooses to do is up to him. Sometimes he'll heal, sometimes he won't. Some things we'll understand better by and by. He's got a plan, he's got a purpose, but we walk in the authority and the faith knowing that we are the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, how are we living? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. There's so many of us, including myself, that have dealt with doubt and fear and anxiety. Last night at the crusade, what happened was there was two preachers before me and both my friends. And so by the time it got to me, I was at the end and it was a blessing, but it was late. And so the spirit had already moved. And so I didn't feel led to preach this message, but God had given me this message. And then he said, no, it's for the church tonight. But when I got up there last night, the spirit was moving. And so what happened is we started talking about two things, church hurt and healing. And we addressed those two areas. I'm going to tell you, there was like 250 people there. I'd say half the place came up. Am I right? The altar was packed with church hurt people and people that need healing in their body. 
And you know what I was noticing, and they're all good preachers and everybody was cool, but here's the thing. Something, when you come off the platform and you put your hands and you start praying, people are like, contact. I haven't had this. I'm glad we only have like a couple of inches of platform here. In our new church, when we get the building, we're going to have to be careful. Because our mission is to lay hands on the sick. Not to be pastor unapproachable, pastor celebrity, pastor player. No. We got to be approachable and preach. And, and we're raising up a remnant. And that's why we're having a leadership class. It ain't just me, by the way. You are going to lay hands on the sick. If you're not doing it already, let's learn. Let's get in this thing. Hallelujah. And we've got to have the faith that it's actually going to happen. This is the mystery that Paul is revealing to those with ears to hear. He is the head. We are the body. What does that mean? It rocked me when I started realizing the body of Christ. Think about what that means. We are the body and he's coming back for a bride without spot nor wrinkle. Yeah, he wants us to be consecrated. Yeah, he wants us to stop thinking. You know, I'm going to tell you something. People have come to me and they're like, you know, I want to get more followers, Pastor Todd. I want to get more likes. How do you do, you know, how do you do this? Man, if that's what the mission is, we have lost our mind. We have lost our mind. And I'm so sorry that some people may have made it about that, but that is not the goal. The goal is to go out and make disciples of the nations, to lay hands on the sick, to see people set free, healed, and delivered. Anybody that's making it look like being in a ministry is glamorous. I don't know what they're doing. But if you're really in the ministry, you're going through warfare. If you're, if you're making disciples, they're warfare. You better be on the threshing floor. Come on. If it's looking glamorous, something's not connecting there. There's something not connecting. Oh, don't make me say something. I saw somebody talking about getting a Grammy the other day. I saw, I'll, give, I'll give you a Graham cracker. How about that? If that's your goal, you're not thinking right. I'm sorry. A pastor, you're worried about getting a Grammy? I got a couple graham crackers in the back. We've got to be making disciples. We've got to be in the trenches. We've got to be getting our hands dirty. There's a disconnection somewhere. I don't know where it happened. I don't know how it happened, but somehow it happened. And God is calling a remnant church to stand up and to make a difference in this city and to go out and to preach the gospel and to make disciples of the nations and to walk in the authority and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we got to get our house in order. If now, not now, when? Do we need a nuclear bomb to go up? What's it going to take? You know that after 9-11, the church was packed. Last week, the church was packed. It's still pretty packed tonight. But I'm going to tell you something. Whenever there's a big event, you'll see a lot of people come out. And you know what happens? There's a couple weeks that go by. And then all of a sudden, it goes back to normal. There needs to be an urgency. And if we connect with the Holy Spirit, we understand the times that we're in, there's an urgency. I'm not here to make fun of people or put people down. Look, I love people, okay? I'm just saying. I've done some ridiculous things over the years, by the way. 
So I'm just as guilty as many. So it's not, I'm not bashing anybody, but I'm just saying we're all, we've all got off course before. And so collectively as the body, we need to get back on course. You know, I used to have a mentor that told me at any time, Todd, any time, don't ever get haughty. And don't ever think that you're better than anybody because at any time you can go like this and be right back in the muck and the mire, right back in your vomit. So don't ever think like you got it. The minute that people think they got ministry figured out, that's a bad place to be. But we go to scripture. And so I'm almost done here. Colossians 1, 19 through 20. Colossians 1, 19 through 20, the New King James. How do we walk in the fullness of God? The answer lies in the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. They don't talk about the blood anymore. Why? People don't like it. They say, Pastor, you're talking too much about repentance lately. You stop talking about repentance. Really? Because <laughs> that was like the main message, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's crazy that people say. People write me, you're, you're too, too much repentance. Well, maybe you're in the wrong stream, buddy. <laughs> this ain't going to be for everybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Colossians 1, 19 through 20, it says, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. I want you to understand the significance of the blood. The blood that was shed, it allows us to be the ecclesia. It allows us to be that body only through the blood. We are not worthy. I'm not worthy. I make mistakes. I say stupid things. I tell my wife every time I preach that I could get myself in a hole tonight. What did I say? When you're always speaking, you're on interviews all week. You got to think off the cuff. I do like 30 interviews a week. No joke. And that's why my voice is always hoarse, you know? People say, Pastor, when you do all these shows, I don't know. People just, you want to come on the podcast? You know, we try to go on as many as we can just to say yes, but... You know, we share the gospel, you know. But the thing is, is like sometimes you're speaking fast and you say something and you can't take it back because it's live. So, you know, I got to watch my mouth sometimes. Forgive me. But the deal is, is like the blood of Jesus is what sets the captive free. The blood of Jesus is what saved a wretch like me. The blood of Jesus is how we connect back to a holy God. Plead the blood. When you're praying, by his stripes, you are healed. What does that mean? It's the blood. The, the enemy hates the blood. Why did they take the blood? No one talks about the blood anymore. No one talks about it. Why? It's, it's literally, think about it. It pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things for himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven have made peace through the blood of the cross. Through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, we find reconciliation and forgiveness. His blood washes away our sins, making us worthy to be members of his body. In Ephesians 1.7, you don't have to turn there, but he reminds us that in him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So walking in the fullness of God means embracing our role in the body of Christ. How do you walk in the fullness? You've got to get rid of the old habits and the muck and mire and the stuff that's been holding you down and holding you back. Yesterday, when I spoke, it wasn't the best eloquent message, I'm going to tell you, but something happened at the altar. I will tell you, it wasn't what I said, but something happened to where the altar got full again. And people got set free. All glory to him. 
But I'm going to tell you something right now. It's because I have to guard the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We've got to guard the anointing. You carry a mantle of anointing. Understand this. You, you carry a mantle of anointing. And as you grow in Christ and you go deeper, don't just think it's the pastor. It's not. Or the prophet. It's not. You, you are the body. I want you to understand it's you. You are the body. People say, well, you know, women can't do it. No, who said that? Seriously. He says, go and make disciples. It's not, listen, in the Greek and the Hebrew, they have male and female. So if, the, if God of heaven and earth was saying only men do it, he would have said it that way in the Greek and the Hebrew. He didn't. He said, go and make disciples of the nations and what? Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go, ekbalo, go out, cast out, drive out. That's who we are. We're the body of Christ. Know who you are. We're almost done. Through his sacrifice on the cross, we reconcile with forgiveness. Walking in the fullness of God, embracing our role as a body, allowing his love and forgiveness to throw, flow, um, flow through us to the world. In Romans 12, 4 through 5, I'm just going to read this. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. You may have never thought of yourself as this. It's a revelation. It's a revelation of God. We are one body. In, in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of the Lord fell, they were in one accord. That's when the Spirit came, in one accord. And Jesus wants to do that tonight. He wants to do it every time we assemble. He wants to use us as a driving force in this end time to go out. And then the end will come. I'm going to read this again so it sinks in. Matthew 24, 13, 13. It says this. I'm sorry, Matthew 24, 13. But he who endures until the end shall be saved, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the nations of the world as a witness to the nations, and then the end will come. Just let that sink in for a second. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Many are called, but few are chosen. When we say yes to the Lord, he can use us. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He's looking for a people that will say, yes, send me. I'll go. Not a comparison. Not trying to be somebody you're not. Just standing in the presence of God and saying, send me. Hallelujah. Lance, if you could come up here. I just feel the Lord speaking right now to so many hearts in this place. You may have never connected that dot before. To me, it rocked me the other day when he said, Christ is the head, but we're the body. And we have a mission in this hour, and we can't grow weary in doing good. We stand on the promise of God, which is yes and amen, hope in the future. We take back the territory. We don't give up. We don't get we set, set, you know, so depressed over the news we know they're the modern day prophets of Baal we know that's who the news are. the fake news media whatever you want to call them they are going to give you bad news but we have the good news Christ came to set the captive free and we bring forth the gospel as the body of Christ and this church is going to do that in this community outreach focused mission focused 
And as we make it about souls, God is going to bless this ground. He's going to bless your life. He's going to bless the ministry. Let's stand up right now. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. Bow your heads right now. Jesus. 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 As I said in the beginning of the service, there's a healing anointing in here tonight. I believe it with all of my heart. I'm going to ask my mom, Pastor Lorraine, to come up. She walks in the anointing of healing. And we're going to believe that if you have an ailment in your body, I want you to step out in faith in just a moment and come up here. We want to lay hands on you. And right now we want to pray for Audrey Tipton, who is a leader in this ministry. She may be watching online for her brother, Jim. But we're believing right now in the name of Jesus. If you have an ailment, come up now. Something in your body, just come up. Stand in the, in the court of heaven right here where the anointing is flowing, rivers of living water. In order to be that end time warrior, we've got to have a body that works. And so we come into agreement and alignment right now in the name of Jesus for healing. If we don't believe it, then we're not fulfilling the call. He said, I've come to heal the sick. By his stripes, we're healed. So tonight, we just declared and decreed. If you're, if you're in the building and you can make it up and you need a healing, just come on up. We're going to lay hands on you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just intercessors, if you could pray. Come into agreement. If you're not up here right now, if you're online, just start praying right now. Online, if you need a healing in your body, this is for you too. We're believing for healing. This is the God that heals the sick. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let it be so from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. Jesus, that same spirit that raised you from the dead is moving right now. We believe it and we receive it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to today's very important broadcast. We've talked about a lot of things, and we are going into a new season in our nation and in our world. So we really want to stay in touch with you. Make sure that you have joined the newsletter, which is available at toddcoconado.com or pastortodd.org. And also make sure you join our podcast, which is toddcoconado.com slash podcasts, where we play a lot of podcasts throughout the week. And we talk about different things in depth. We also do teachings on certain subjects and uh, everything that we need to be covering right now in this very important time. Thank you so much for supporting this broadcast. You can go to toddcoconato.com slash give. We need your support and your help. And we bless you in the name of Jesus.